Ace Podcast. Okay, pal, St. Patrick's Day's over. Time to go home. Uh, don't be giving me any attitude, all right? I gotta close up. Aye. Very good, we have a method actor. Black Rum Podcast presents Leprechaun 2. Hey, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. This is Ryan from the MoosedeadWorld.net. I'm joined with my co-host Martin. How's it going? And we're back after a little hiatus. <clears throat> unexpected. Uh, last week we had meant to have a podcast episode up for the night Evelyn came out of the grave. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Martin was a little sick. It happens. So, and actually, we, we didn't know if we were going to be able to get this podcast episode out either, because we got a fucking huge snowstorm yesterday. Yeah. The biggest of the season by far, definitely. Well, it was a very mild winter up until. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've had a couple storms, but nothing like this. This was like 20. I didn't even measure. I think it was like 28 inches, something like that. It was definitely higher than two feet. Um, So we got a huge snowstorm, but we're all cleared out. We're good. Only took us a day. That's right. Yeah, that that's that's a hard that's that's when you know you live in like the the country where it's like yeah, you know, it was a big snowstorm on one day. It's fine. We're out and about the next. Hmm. Some people are out yesterday. Yeah, I was. I was so, laughing at some of the pictures of people. What did they get stuck or something? Like a ditch. Like, yeah, was, you shouldn't have been out. Well, there was. Well, no, I'm not judging, but there was like one picture I saw of like um. They're saying how uh, Montgomery County roads were shut down and a cop was coming up and somebody put their SUV into the ditch by Big Lots in Amsterdam, like right where you're going right by the plaza. Yeah. And it's just like Rain. tilt, like right in the ditch sideways, tilted like with its ass end, like up in the air. And it's like, ooh, that must have been a fun, you know. Yeah, it did a doozy on that one. But, yeah, well, but at least we got, we were able to do this podcast. It's important. Because this Friday is St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. A huge celebration for no one. <laughs> uh, not, not, <coughs> not a very big holiday. <laughs> um, not for me, at least. Even though I am part Irish, I really don't care about it that much. I gotta, I gotta say. Okay. It doesn't affect me either way. Like if I, Alright, so if I, if I did not celebrate Halloween, that would haunt me. I've had dreams where I forgot Halloween and it was like Halloween day and I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I not prepared for this? So if I missed Halloween, yeah, I would be devastated. I did one time. We had soccer practice on Halloween night. Fucking did not get over it for a long time. Maybe still not over it. (laughs) But St. Patrick's Day, if I forget about it, if I miss it, not really a big deal. It's just a day for me to drink beer and hopefully dyed green because that's a thing. And that's about it. What about you? Does it mean anything for you and your family? No. I'm not Irish and I'm not Catholic. Yeah. I, uh, funny fact, though. It, any it, Catholics it, listening, you are allowed corned beef on St. Patrick's Day this year for Friday. Even though on Fridays during Lent you're not supposed to be eating meat, corned beef on St. Patrick's Day on a Friday is not considered meat. Who said that? The One of the main Catholic uh, priests or whatever. Bishop. Bishop, yeah, has said that. 
if you look it up, it is, yeah, it's a thing. Uh, because there were growing concerns, not this year, but in a St. Patty's Day past, that it was it fell on a Friday during Lent, wherein you're not supposed to eat meat. So because of the traditions of St. Patrick's Day, that overrules your Lent meat eating or meat. But wouldn't, uh, but wouldn't God's, you know, saying don't eat meat on Friday kind of trump your tra- your? Well, funny thing <laughs> is, I actually looked this up because meat eating in general, the Lenten meat, not uh, uh the Lenten um abstaining from meat is very hypocritical because as you know you can eat fish and to me fish is a fucking meat no it's fish poultry's exactly poultry not meat. right exactly and that's where i'm <laughs> going with this is that with uh, in within lenten tradition and within the catholic tradition certain things are considered meat certain things are not fish because they live in the sea are not considered meat. It only pertains to land living animals. So anything that primarily resides in the sea, not you can me. you you're good. You can eat on <clears throat> on Fridays, which I know because um, I was picking a lot of fish sticks at work. Yeah, yes, and I, and I mean a <laughs> shit ton. And I, you know what? To be honest with you, I totally because I don't care about holidays. I, you know. Especially religious ones. You don't ones. care about Catholic traditions like Lent. So, yeah, I, to- I totally didn't eat, like, you know, yeah. forgot. But now so you're I- putting two and two together, and it's like, wow, yeah, they're eating a lot of fish sticks. Yeah, because I was like, why the hell am I, like, you know, grabbing so many fish sticks? Yeah. Well, I-, I work in a distribution center, that's why, folks. Well, that's that's why. But I was, um, yeah, g- grabbing a bunch of fish sticks. It's and- acceptable to eat heavily processed fish sticks and then the ne- from, uh, <laughs> and then the next from day- uh, Fisherman Gardens. And then- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> someone the next day brought up, like, Slant, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, but how much chicken do you think slips into those fish sticks? <laughs> Probably more than you'd care to admit. Or dolphin. Yeah. Or... Well, yeah, and that's the thing, though, because uh, I looked it up. You're also allowed to eat stuff like penguins, alligators. That stuff's fine on Lent. It's cool. Uh, if for Fridays, you can eat that stuff. Well, because they don't, you know, they go between land and sea. Right. They're <laughs> primarily considered mostly sea. So you can eat them. You can also eat like um, geese and stuff, like birds that generally are out to sea. I guess I don't, I don't know. It, it's very it's a weird tradition. But what I'm getting at, the point I'm getting at to to that whole tradition is that it actually came from most of your land animals back in the day were not traditionally slaughtered like all the time like we have now. You know what I mean? You'd slaughter them for special occasions. Oh, yeah. Meat's a luxury. Right. It was a luxury. So, obviously, back then, you were like, fuck you. You're not eating meat on Friday. (laughs) Like, you're supposed to be, you know, abstaining from things. So, no, you cannot eat. You slaughter Sadie the pig on Friday (laughs) to eat it. No, you're going to eat eat fish. You eat your beans and dirt and be happy. That's right. That's right. So, that's where I came from. (laughs) Little little, uh, Catholic information. I'm not Catholic either, but I just looked it up because I was really interested in why there's that category of like, well, you know, land animals are meat, but fish is not. Well, I mean, I try, and I try telling myself, one of these days, I'm going to sit down and just read the Bible. Yeah. Just to do it, like. Give it a shot. Maybe it's a good read. Maybe that's what everybody's talking about. Uh, it's like a number one New York Times bestseller. <laughs> Dean Koontz takes a lot of inspiration. <laughs> the Dean Koontz Bible. Yeah. I would read it. <laughs> That's right. That you, well, that would be like T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. He always quotes that in all of his books. So. Oh, does he? That's his Bible. 
but well, you must have saw your senior. That's right. Your senior. Yeah, it must must be. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually where I got it from. It's from Coonsie? from Coonsie. Oh, cueing me into TSR. Then I actually started studying like British lit and stuff in in college, and then I said, "Wow, T.S. Eliot was a fucking pretentious prick <laughs> who was intentionally quoting these very obscure artifacts." Knowing that only scholars would know about them. Look how fanciful it is. Right, exactly. And, like, doing these things because only scholars would know what he's talking about. That's, like, the that's like now that you have some artists who are so pretentious, like, you can't, you, you have to, like, do actual research to figure out what they're even talking about. Like Batman v Superman? Oh, yes. Exactly. You're going to keep harping on that until people stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> he's God, if you didn't get the clue. Or is he a devil? It's it's art. Yeah. Or is it? All right, we're way off topic. <laughs> we're, but, but anyway, St. Patrick's Day is this Friday. And that's why we're doing Leprechaun 2 this week instead of the night Evelyn came out of the grave because we wanted it to be topical. We did Leprechaun 1 last year around this time. We didn't want to miss it. Like, we missed, uh, we did a, what the hell did we do? I think we did a. Um, yeah, we did something out of the range of like when it normally would be done. I can't remember what it was though. It's a good question. Yeah. I just I just remember like we missed a holiday like a couple of weeks. We're like, yeah, we're gonna do it anyway though. Yeah, it's yeah. a good question. I, I don't know. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. But anyway, so we're on to Leprechaun two. And as you remember, if you remember from our previous episode from Leprechaun, which was way far back, yeah, we're working. You know, like we're on like I don't even remember episode twenty. I'm, I always do this. I'm never. Prepared. We are. We ne- are good keepers. Never of the- prepared to like actually give the episode number in case you're really wondering. Like, wanted to go back and see, but we're, um, we're, we are just really good keepers of the. the I know faith, faith around here when it comes to all that. Just like, hey, what's the episode? Uh, go to SoundCloud. Or- yeah, that, yeah, that's right. That's what I normally do. All right, yeah, episode eighteen. So I was real close. We did it. We did it right after we did our Billy Billy Valentine watching. So, um. So, I mean, yes, we did not very much like Leprechaun, the original. Oh, it was not good at all. No. Uh, it's a very difficult watch. I, I will say, like, even from a standpoint of watching it as a horror comedy, which is pretty much, I mean, it's a horror comedy. Warwick Davis is obviously playing things up for laughs as the Leprechaun. Uh, but even so, watching it as a horror comedy is still a really rough really really rough movie because it's not funny it's not yeah that's part of the problem it's not funny it's overly long uh, it's an hour and 20 i know but it seems like it's forever it feels like no, it's I know. forever no i know you know what you you know what i mean no it's i know just... no i know because we brought that's something we harped on it quite a bit was like this film fucking feels like it yeah. takes forever to go anywhere yeah constantly but it's just... in only hundred yeah. minutes long yeah Oh, that's that's how you know you're in for a good time. Yeah, that's right. But so, I've seen Leprechaun two before. I don't know if you have before. Yes, I have. Oh, you have seen it before. I've seen the first three. Oh, okay. Yeah, they used to play them on UPN back that's in the true. day. Yeah, yeah, they did. That's that's <laughs> when you know too that you're scraping bottom barrel when UPN <laughs> got the rights to the movie. They were like practically giving those rights away. Like, yeah, we'd love it if you played it on syndicated television for us, please. Um, yeah, but I mean, I will say. I enjoy Leprechaun 2 a lot more than Leprechaun. I agree. I think even though it's uh, no one would go out of their way to say, wow, this is really great. Lepre- <laughs> Leprechaun 2, go out and see it. Um, 
I, it's a lot more fun. I think that's the key word. Is like it's a lot more fun than the re- original Leprechaun. I I didn't really remember it that well until we actually got into it, and then I kind of started remembering it a little bit. But I, it's just I don't know. The, I all I remember is Jennifer Aniston before she knew how to act. And yeah, that was that was original Leprechaun. Became, yeah. It became America's sweetheart. That's right. Um, you know, in Office Space, and. <laughs> I just remember they had like a retarded adult guy that they all made fun of for yeah. being retarded. Like, oh. yeah, but I mean, Leprechaun Two. I I didn't really remember this one that much until I got into the film itself and was I was. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was. Uh, the only thing I remember is the damn coin. Yeah, wanting the damn coin wanting and the, the coin. and yeah. the very nineties chic of it. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Actually. Well, then to be f- fair too, with like Leprechaun One, and I didn't remember it really at all. Yeah, like I said, all I remember was Jennifer Aniston. Was it? That was it. Same thing with Leprechaun Three. I really I w- don't remember Leprechaun Three so. at all. And it'll be another year until we get to that <laughs> one. So, um, no marathon this time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Our <laughs> our friend actually did a marathon of it for BuzzFeed. I think it was or something like that. And well, God wrote bless, about it. Yeah, God bless them. Yeah. Well, you know. You know who this is. Jared Jones. He yeah, did that marathon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I and, know. I, uh, I saw it, and I was just saying, God bless him. God bless it. Which, by the way, that's who I saw the first three leprechauns with. It was over at his house. Mm. So. And I mean, yeah, that would be a rough marathon, definitely. Especially as you get in, like, even, like... Once you get into Leprechaun, back to back in back to the hood, and Leprechaun in space, those are, I can imagine, those are just really difficult to get through. <laughs> Leprechaun in the hood is really not a good movie. I so. well, how can a movie called Leprechaun in the hood? Oh, you'll see. Be a great movie in five years. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, let's take a break from Leprechaun two, and we'll talk about what the beer we're drinking this week because we did save these beers for this week particularly because we wanted to fit in with that Irish theme for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, So you picked up the Guinness uh, Specialty Pack, which has a number of different beers that they don't generally offer. Um, it's, it's kind of... At least of, around here. Yeah, exactly. I've never really seen them before. Uh, one, they do keep their regular Guinness in there. Um, which, which we did we t- on the last episode. And we gave a thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> not a great stout. There's many, many more that you could seek out that's better. And if you want a black hole, then go to Amagang for the Game of Thrones <laughs> black stout. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Guinness as a as a whole for, for its mainstay, it, it's there. You know, it's, it's good for in certain times. But it's, I wouldn't say that's a very good stout based on what we've had thus, you know, after after trying Guinness, thinking it was good, you move on to other more able-bodied stouts, just not as good. I mean, I think it's supposed to be, though, kind of, like the whole purpose behind like the nitrogen widget and all that is to make it like a lighter, creamier. But at the same time, like, you're right, it, do, it lacks on the flavor, so like, yeah. It almost is like that cliche, like, if you go to a bar and you're, like, trying to pick up chicks and you want to look like you're not, like, your average dude bro. Yeah. You want to be, like, a little bit, you know, like, cooler. Like, yeah, a little, little different. Be like, oh, I'll get the Guinness. Live on the dark side. Yeah, so they're like, oh, wow, he's, you know. He's different. He's, he's not drinking a Bud Light. <laughs> well, that's yeah. not a solid 
<laughs> first impression anyway. If, if you go in and like, well, he's not drinking a Bud Light, so he must be a little bit better than my nor <laughs> the normal people that I hang out with. I mean, yeah. No, know. I know. Never, I know. No, you never I know. know. I know. <laughs> well, today we we are actually trying the two new beers that are in that pack, and they're both porters. Um, it's a little bit different. Stout and a porter, not the same. Sim similar taste and style, but different. And uh, the first that we had um, was their West Indies Porter, which is a, a pretty interesting um, style. It's got a little bit of hops in there. Uh, and there's a heavy malt presence. And I liked it quite a bit. It's pretty hoppy for, uh, a, a, for a, yeah, porter. a porter. It's yeah. got it's 50 IBUs, which you don't normally in a porter yeah, see. bitterness. Um, yeah. As I've said before on this podcast... When it comes to Guinness, I can't help but try their new things. But I know going in, for the most part, I more than likely am not going to like it. Because right. most of their outside kind of styles just have been average to, to terrible. So not good, yeah. To terrible. And I will say the West Indies Porter is great. It's I a, like it a lot. I think it's a very, very good porter. I, I do like the fact that it does have a hoppiness to it that you don't generally see in pours, but it's not... I don't think it's too hoppy. No. And then at the after you get that hop bitterness, you get like the malt sweetness and caramel and toffee and a little bit of coffee. Yep. It's not too strong. It's not like a, no. like a breakfast stout. But you get all that in there, and it makes for a really good, really enjoyable, flavorful... Uh, porter and it's got like a great like a uh, mouthfeel to it. Yeah, too, it does. So. Yeah, I I like that they are kind of throwing back a little bit. This is they're they're new recipes, but they're based on like an older style of recipes that were traditionally used back in the day. You know, in the eighteen hundreds. And um, I really I I think this is a really interesting experiment for them. One that I'd like to see released more, not just in a pack, but. Like a wide, yeah. But as a wider release. Because I think a lot of people would actually like this. It kind of it kind of um, is a bridge between, like, um, I love IPAs and stouts. You know what I mean? Because those are two opposite spectrums. Um, and it's this is kind of a bridge between them. I think there would be a lot of people that would want to take advantage of... I think that, like, comes across as, like, a bet... Uh more enjoyable for me than like say like a black IPA. Yeah. Because a black IPA for me usually is too hoppy and then the overly maltiness of it, it just the cla clashes totally. Whereas it, this it, has the, the balance between the hoppiness and the malt sweetness that Yeah, it's really hard to do a black IPA well because sometimes those they don't balance. If you don't have it balanced just right, it's not it's not gonna be that great. I have had some really good ones. Saranac specialty one that they, they serve at their bar is a really good black IPA. But you, I'm, I think you can only get it there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never seen it out anywhere else. So, but yeah, those are few and far between. And uh, I do think that the West Indies Porter is a really good bridge between those um, that people should pick up if you if you see this pack. I, mm -hmm. I really do think that this beer actually makes it worth picking that pack yeah. up. Um, because then you have the foreign stout that's in there as well, which, we'll which is to. also a really, really good beer uh, it, from my memory because I haven't had it in a while. It's a good beer from my memory. It's been about four years from yeah. then. And I remember when I had it. I loved it. Um, so, so I can't wait until next week. I know. I can't wait crack. to try it. 
Um, the one thing I wanted to point out too, before we go into the second beer, is that these two porters have a different labeling style than uh, the General Guinness do. Um, they have a like kind of a throwback label. The West Indies Porter has like a shield on it. Uh, looks it it looks a lot older mm-hmm. um, than some of the other styles, and they don't have a label on the neck of the bottle, which I like quite a bit. It's great. It's kind of like an old timey like eh, we don't label these. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> eh, this is just from home stock. Um, I like that a lot. So it's just another interesting thing to point out. Uh, we'll move on to the Dublin Porter, which is the other style of porter that Guinness includes in this pack, and unfortunately, this one is definitely not as good as the West Indies Porter. It's very bland. Yeah. Uh, granted, it's three three point eight al- alcohol, mm-hmm. whereas the West Indies is, I think, six and a half. Um, it actually doesn't list the uh. Pers- oh wait, yes, it does. Six, six percent, six percent. Um, wait, in this, in the Dublin Porter, you can definitely taste it's low on the alcohol because yep. this is a very light, very watery, not very flavorful beer. Yep. And it lacks like any strong, like strong body characteristic. It's, I guess you could say it's like a session porter, but when I'm drinking a porter, that's not something that I'm. That you want to set. That, lo- that I'm really looking for, you know. I don't want to, even like on a cold winter day, I'm yeah. like, oh, I want to like drink like a bunch of beer. I'm not going to be like, you know, drink five, you know, light porters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just drink like two, like, you know, yeah. good porters or like heavier stouts and then, be, you know, be like, I'm good, you know. I mean, the interesting thing about this Dublin Porter is that it tastes a lot like Guinness's flagship beer, except it doesn't have the mouthfeel because the, of the nitro. The nitro. Yeah. Um, which makes that, which is even worse because if Guinness is flavor is relatively flavorless for a stout, it does have a damn good mouthfeel to it because of that nitro. So the Porter is even lacking that meaning it's kind of like, like a less creamy version of the Guinness stout. And there's just nothing that stands out about the Dublin Porter to me at all. Like tasting it, there's... I don't get notes of anything besides like maltiness. That's that's pretty much just it. the bland maltiness. Yeah. And they're listing on the bottle that it has a dark caramel note, but I don't really get that. Well, I... they probably had the guy who wrote the review for the generous sale saying figs and plums and yeah. I mean, the Dublin Porter coming off of the West Indies Porter is really disappointing. Yeah. Really disappointing. I would never drink it again. No, I. <laughs> They can move on to something else. Uh, Dublin, come up with a better recipe. <laughs> Look to your West Indies pals. <laughs> or enslave them. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add? For you would the- think, you know, now I think about it, you would think the West Indies would be called the Dublin. Because it's, you know, it would re- remind people more of like, ah, Dublin. You know, nice, <laughs> yeah. hearty beer. Where if you're in the West Indies, you would want something light and... I think that's where the hoppiness than, comes in from the from the West Indies. I know, but it's hotter than balls, you know, yeah. the Caribbean. So don't you want you know? Not like many a, people would probably want to drink a porter in general in the West Indies. I wouldn't think. You never know. Maybe on the ship going back home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's getting chilly. <laughs> it's only it's only fifty degrees. It's getting fucking cold out. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, as soon as it turns fifty, I'm putting shorts. On. I know. I know. 
Can't wait. <laughs> All right, so so that's it for our uh, Irish drinking. Uh, I will say that I also bought the Saranac Irish Pack, which is pretty good. It's got a uh, Irish red ale, uh, Irish lager, and an Irish stout. And you can make a black and tan with that Irish lager and the Irish stout, which I have not done. Oh, do they even put like the? They say it on there. They say mix with the Irish stout, or on the Irish lager, bo- or on the Irish stout bottle, it says mix with our Irish lager. I have not tried that. We'll I still have, have two. I still have two left, so I could do it. We'll do it next week. Yeah, we'll do the foreign extra, and we'll do that. Yeah. So our, our first black and tan on that's the... right. Yeah, I, I haven't had it. I've never made one myself. Neither have I. Because so. I mean, it's a, something that I don't really. Do a mix beer thing. Well, not only that, but like even like bottled black and tans I've had. I, yeah, I haven't really cared for. I'd be interested to try this though, especially yeah, no. at their recommendation. Yeah, so I would too. Maybe we'll try it next time. All right, so let's get into Leprechaun Two. Honestly, I like I said, not remembering Leprechaun Two. I thought we would come into this podcast really hating Leprechaun Two because I remember with Leprechaun One. We're just kind of ragging on it the whole time. But I I got to say that I have some love for Le- Leprechaun 2. As I said <laughs> when we were watching it, it feels like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode for adults. It's, that's the most succinct, perfect review that this thing could uh, slap on its DVD box. I know. This was 1994. Um, Are You Afraid of the Dark um, would have been... It started in 1990, so it would have been running. And Are You Afraid of the Dark did do a Leprechaun episode in their first season. So I believe that they had their their Leprechaun episode in like the really the beginning of 1990, if I remember correctly. Uh, oh, actually, no, it wasn't until 1992. My bad, my bad. Um, it was part of season one, but they must have they must have um, had a break between them. Uh, but this is a very similar feel and style to that type of nineties video. You know what I mean? Like it, it, the, the direction, the filming, the sets, the style. Yeah. They all are very reminiscent and nostalgically pleasing (laughs) to, to me because like, if you didn't have some of the nudity, which is kind of shoehorned in, it's really pushed in. This The nudity in here is really pushed into this wanna, film. You didn't want to see those boobies? No, I'm just saying, if you didn't have it. You, just, you didn't want her just randomly well, showing... Like, yeah, but it, t- that's the thing, though. Let's be honest with you, with 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 the audience. That is not our actress, um, Siobhan Durkin's boobs. Those, those are not hers. <laughs> that is a body double. And the reason you know that that's a body double is, first of all, her boobs are not that big when she's in her bra. And second of all, whenever they show the actual boobies, they don't show her head. Yeah. So you know that that's not Siobhan Durkin. So, yeah, no. So it takes the fun out of... Not only that, that, though. Well, I mean, how how old was she when she made this? They don't say how old. Right. This, that's the thing that makes you uncomfortable, is that (laughs) if this is an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode in all other senses then you have like some 15 year old girl who's like let me rip my top off in this leprechaun 2 movie yeah it's 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 a little bit um awkward to watch that especially yeah i mean you don't really get a sense like you're not i don't know how old these people are like the our main character cody works 
But he's so got to be apparently not going to school. But he's got to be at least he's at least sixteen. Yeah. He, no, oh no, yeah, no, because he has no, a lear- he has yeah, a learner's yeah. permit, so yeah. he doesn't even have his license. So yeah, I mean he's uh, he's not that old. So yeah, it's a, it's kind of weird. So, yeah, that's, that nude scene is weird. So yeah. No, I, I will agree. It's not like when that like the boobies came out. It's like Ooh. at the same time, it's not, it's not, it's not like ooh boobies. It's like ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, that's an illusion. So the film is hoping, like, well, you know, you can write that off as like Leprechaun playing a prank. It's not really a fifteen-year-old yeah, boobies. <laughs> it's a illusion of uh, like Sports Illustrated models boobies snapped snapped onto like a. 15-year-old girl. It's also rapey, too, though, because he's going to marry her and... Yeah. Give her a little leprechaun litter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's rapey. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, the thing I was getting at with that is, like, if you subtract that nudity, if you get rid of some of the swears, and you uh, take out some of the more over-the-top violence, you got an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. And, like... I don't know if that's necessarily a, a like, a positive thing for Leprechaun 2. Because you're not, I mean, I'm not thinking of Are You Afraid of the Dark and being like, wow, they had some really great production values on that show. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can tell it's Canadian. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, like, it's the same thing with Leprechaun 2. You can tell that this does not have very good production values or anything like that because that set underground looks horrible and even siobhan durkin says it uh, when she first gets down there in the in the in the uh dungeon and leprechaun asks her what she thinks of her new home and she says it's 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 horrible and that's exactly what the viewer's thinking too because it's really not a good set (laughs) well they wasted all their money paying warwick davis probably and finding all that gold (laughs) Yeah, put that in there. Gold, gold. No, yeah, but see, I I like that style though. That it's kind of reminiscent. It's like this film is totally nineties. It's there. There's a preface that. Yeah, it's totally early early nineties. Yeah, early nineties because. I've been uh, I've been on a big um, REM kick of late. One of my I favorite, saw that. I, one, well, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. But I've been li- listening to a lot of their, like later, like mid and uh, you know '90s stuff of late, and like uh, late '90s stuff. Yeah. And just like watching like one of their videos from like the late '90s from the, the Great Beyond, that just like like green tone and just like the style of clothes they're wearing, and it's like this weird mix of like '60s and then like late '90s kind of like rave chic it's like oh god you can tell that encapsulates like 98 to like 2000 bam right there this movie it's like you can tell bam encapsulates like 91 to 94 in like a nutshell well we said even that our the main character cody is played by charlie heath he looks a lot like the the main character the main guy from hocus pocus yeah i said he looks like a low rent version which that which that guy's a low rent version as you said of eric matthews from basically they got that same cut of hair you know the parted down the middle but it's long like a swoop yeah Yeah. like it's like wavy and jean jacket baggy baggy shirt and like a baggy over shirt but it's not like a button up it's a like, you know, 
uh, what the hell would you call it? like a sweater? Yeah, like a thin sweat. Like yeah, thin, some sort of like sweater, or... like thin sweater, and like the baggy jeans, and like where's the perfect date take place to take your date? The go karts. Go yeah, the, go to the go karts. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's I... <laughs> it's so the I'm mope I'm moping because my girlfriend uh, might have broken up with me, so I'm sitting on my bed looking through pictures. <laughs> Yeah, I was just looking through pictures while this very, like, obvious, like, early 90s, like, alt-rock songs playing in the background. Yeah. That you would hear, like, during, like, Free Willy or something, like, where it's, like, (laughs) sad, the whale's getting taken away. Yeah, that's, that is one of your main cues right there, is that scene of just, like, sitting around looking at photographs about his... Maybe, maybe not girlfriend. They don't even say. Because we don't know. <laughs> it did it, well, they didn't want, they don't even really, like, say, like, they, like, they act like they are. Yeah. But they don't say specifically they are, but then when she gets pissed off at him for, uh, you know, blowing off their date because he's trying to help his... His uncle, Morty. Or whatever the hell he is doing. <laughs> he calls him an uncle, but he's like a guardian. His guardian, yeah. yeah. She gets pissed off, and when they finally get there, his one friend... How is he even friends with him? Because what's he doing? He's just like, as soon as she shows up, he's like slapping her on the ass and like putting his arm around her. Like, here, I'll show you this stuff and whatnot. She's like, okay. Yeah. Like, because she's like, I'm going to get back at him by doing this or whatever. It's like, so wait, is she like, are they just friends and they want, you know, or, or are they actually dating and she's pissed off? So now she's going to like cock tease his friend. Ew. I don't know. That's a pretty passive aggressive move <laughs> being mad about having to go to work. I know, uh, the mo- to have the money to then take you to go to go karts, yeah. That's, I don't agree with that. That's he should have just left her to Leprechaun, not gone after her. <laughs> well, you know it's, that's too much work. <laughs> I, I have just, I have other things. Yeah, to do. I'm just gonna let you go. But yeah, that, spe- speaking of his work, the fucking working for like this shitty con, you know, like um. Uh, Murder house tours, yeah. Tour thing, and the people that he's literally telling in front of their face that he's, like, conning them out of their yeah. money for, they're, like, wearing fanny pants, like, they're the most stereotypical L.A. tourists ever in the world. They're wearing fucking yeah, Hollywood sweaters, a Hollywood hat. And that's like, how my parents show up to tours. With, <laughs> with, with, with fucking, both of them wear, like, fanny packs. It's like matching shirts and Yeah, hats. it's like, oh, God. Yeah, I love it. I love that that's, Clint Howard is in this movie for two minutes. Why? How? <laughs> was Ron, think, was, like, Ron busy, and Clint went up to him and was like, hey, you got any, I don't know what Ron was doing in 1994, but... Like, was he like, hey, Ron, you got any work for me? And Ron's like, no, nah, actually, Clint, I don't really have any work for you, but I hear Leprechaun 2 shooting. They need tourist number two. Could probably get you in on that set. You don't want to preface that? What? Who, Clint Howard? You're Clint like- Howard is Ron Howard. That should be obvious. You're listening to this podcast. You don't know Clint Howard and Ron Howard? Come on. Come on. No, but I, I, that, that's not fair to Clint Howard. I think he shows up in all these kinds of um, genre films. Maybe he just in, he, in the nineties and two thousands. He's like he's like Malcolm McDowell. He just loves movies. That's he why, does. That's why he does. He, that's why he's got to show up in you know the the absolute shittiest films possible because he just loves films. Yeah, he does. 
Um, I he he does like all of those low budget ones. Um, I've seen him in a lot of other stuff too. It, like even very um, like almost like indie and home video productions he's in. So I think maybe he just likes to show up and stuff. But either way, it's nice <laughs> to see him there for two minutes. The other, uh, you know, he kind of he kind of looks like a in this film, like he like could be passing off like Randy Quaid. That's true. Yeah, that almost looks like like he like it's like like like, like oh Randy Quaid no uh, Clint Howard yeah oh okay yeah he does kind of look yeah <laughs> he does kind of look like that and another surprise guest that we have in this film is Michael McDonald, uh, which we have a clip of in the beginning of this episode. Fucking great. Um. Apparently in this film, when it first came out, he went as Michael James McDonald, really trying to find his place in the Well, you don't want people thinking you're industry. Michael McDonald from, you know, What a Fool Believes from yeah. the Doobie Brothers. And, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's his his really quick cameo is great. Probably well, steals. Well, I, well, I wouldn't even say it's not even a cameo. Not really, point. yeah, because he's not. A, he, yeah, he wasn't Matt, really. A, there's no Mad TV. No, yet. yeah, not in 1994. He, yeah, I mean, I think he makes this film just in that one <laughs> scene that he gives a great, very energetic performance. <laughs> not really sure if he was going for laughs or if it kind of just happened. I, th- I have you to think, think he, he was, was? Yeah, no. I mean, maybe I, a little bit of laughs, what, what but like, what a what a subtle jab that would be too. When he's like, "Fuck you out, drunken Warwick Davis there as the leprechaun, trying to cure his hangover by drinking a shit ton of espresso," and he's telling him, "All right, buddy, let's go." I, you know, St. Patty's Day is over with. Pay for your stuff so I can go home. And he's like, "Oh, whatever." He's like, "Come on, dwarf fairy, let's go." And he's like, "I'm a leprechaun." He's like, "Ooh, we have a method actor." Yeah. What a subtle little jab that would be, like, too. It's like, like, Warwick Davis. Like, oh, you're a little person. All you can get is these shitty little roles where you're a shitty little person. Seriously, I know. And <laughs> Leprechaun 2. At least, at least I can take it as that a little bit. I still find that, like, to be funny, though. Just like... Well, it is funny, but I, I think, like, yeah, Warwick Davis, he did have some really good roles. But, I mean, if you're doing le- the Leprechaun movies, it's, it's, you've hit some hard times. Like, you... You're not getting much. Like, he did Willow, and Willow was actually a really acclaimed film. And then Labyrinth, some of the other film, and, like, Star Wars, I mean... Well, yeah, he's, but he's a fucking Ewok. He's wicked yeah, the Ewok. Right, right. But you don't not, have, you it's don't not have like, like a... It's not like at the end of, you know, like, when you're watching Return of the Jedi, like, man. Yeah. Wicked. <laughs> wicked was awesome oh. in that. So, so I totally, no, I totally get the whole, like, you know, method acting thing where it's like, oh, yeah, he's, you know. Yeah. It probably is tough to find some roles, and like, unless you are cool with like doing every Hallmark movie <laughs> channel for Christmas, then you probably are going to try to find something that you could fit into as a franchise. And Leprechaun is perfect for Warwick Davis. Been uh, speaking of speaking of that and cameo too, Tony Cox. Tony Cox is in this, yes? Playing African-American leprechaun. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he doesn't even get a name. Not only that, but, like, man, they, like, they like must have told him to, like, cause, to walk around, like, just have a shit-eating grin the entire time. Because he's literally just walking around like, Hi, fella! How's it going? You know, like, 
Yeah, I mean it's it's very that, him, and he, I'm not and I'm not blaming him for that. I'm just saying like he get probably he was probably you know directed to be like you know be smiles and happy walking around like he's one of us you know yeah I'm make ga- it to the lollipop guild. Why? I'm, I'm gonna guess that Tony Cox was probably recommended by Warwick Davis for this because they've worked together they worked together in Willow and in Star Wars because Tony Cox was an Ewok in Star Wars. So that's probably was on recommendation of like Warwick Davis to be in this film. So that's pretty cool. Uh, And I do like how they, they kind of got that in there. Um, And like a bunch of, you know, people that they got in there for it. I mean, I will say, like, I think his like little, his small part, he like, he is kind of like funny. Yeah. But at the same time, it is, you can also find it to be like cringeworthy too. Cause it's, you know, just like, yeah, grit your teeth and smile. (laughs) <laughs> kind of, yeah, because it's at that point it's just like stereotyping, trying to get as many. Yeah, because that whole bar scene is just like yeah, like eh, you know, getting as many little people in as possible. Yeah, so I I don't know. It's it. I I do think that it, it does have some like meaning for this film, but yeah, I think they tried to just shoehorn that in. Um. What do you think about the whole plotting of Leprechaun 2? Uh, really, this is about Leprechaun finding a wife by making her sneeze three times. And we end up getting a storyline about um, Cody, who happens to get one piece of the Leprechaun's gold, and becomes invincible to the Leprechaun for the most part, and attempts to save Bridget from... Being enslaved, basically, I mean, by the well, My whole question is, so... How did he end up in, like, fucking the middle of the desert in the first film? She came over to Ireland to track the O'Day family line. Because he said after he got tricked out... Which wasn't even he got tricked out of his bride. They're like, oh, if we say God bless you on the third sneeze, you don't get her. And the guy that was his, you know... His slave, he was trying to take his daughter to be his wife. And he's like, no, don't do it, don't do it. And she's about to sneeze for the third time. He says, God bless you. He's like, oh, you tricked me. No, it's not really a trick. You didn't get fucked out of it. There's no trick. You should have put duct tape over his face or something like that so he wouldn't say, God bless you. Yeah. Yeah, no, whoever made up those rules for, like, she has to sneeze three times, but no one can say gesundheit or else she's she's not your wife anymore. That's, that's... (laughs) A little obscene. Well, it's, it's stupid, but so yeah, he kills him. But then, like he like it's, then like during the opening credits, they show like you know like the complicated fucking family tree of this, and then like how like then they went on the Titanic because that was in Ireland, and then they went to America, and now they you know she the, the family's in L.A. Yeah, but then it's like if they went to L.A., where was he during the last film? It was only like a year before this when he was like in the middle of the desert. He got trapped there by some fucking drunk in a chest. And then he got let out or whatever the hell. I don't know. And then trapped in a well at the end. Did that did all that just not happen then? Must be. You're probably supposed to not even see any continuity in it. Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure at some point they steal gold from Leprechaun in the first film. And they're not invincible. He can kill them. I think yeah they do they ha- yeah well they have the just the one gold shilling from right the- and they get killed anyway so in this film now magically Cody cannot be harmed when he has a gold coin in his hand 
or in his possession. I mean, I'm, I might be misremembering some bits. Yeah, it's possible first, I, have, I haven't from, seen it in, in a year Yeah, but, since last year. Because it's such a memorable film. But I'm pretty sure that at some point, someone steals gold, and then he kills him for it. I think that's the main idea of that first film, is that they steal a piece, like some gold from him, and he's going to get it back. So he kills him. I don't know. I don't remember that whole caveat of like, if I have your gold, you can't hurt me, sort of thing. But, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, the whole plot of Leprechaun 2 is rather stupid. It doesn't... There's nothing here that's memorable or even thematically resonant. Like, there's no, like, hidden message here about, like, well, you know, maybe... Don't be greedy. Yeah, don't be greedy or maybe don't steal gold from Leprechaun or something, you know? (laughs) Something like that. But there's nothing really that stands out in the plot as far as like anything of importance for, for Leprechaun 2. I, I think that this is by far the better film in the series from Leprechaun and Leprechaun 2. Like they learned a lot from that first film. Um, and actually they learned a lot about how to make it a little bit more interesting with the various magical things that Leprechaun can do. Um, like in this one, Michael McDonald's killed by a like espresso machine that shoots out steam at his face, which looks which horrible. It does look really bad. Um, the special effects aren't really that great, and his face doesn't look like it's bubbling so much as like just splitting Gr- apart and growing like, a horn. Yeah, throw it like gonna be spitting out something from his face. But um, I think that that creativity is here, and it makes it a little bit more interesting to watch. Um, but you're right. Those the special effects are really horrible uh, for most of it. Like uh, well, not only that, but like the it's creative. But at the same time, it's like stupid though. Like the whole like pits thing. Like he's being like, the one kid's being illusioned and thinking he's seeing uh, Bridget's tits, and she's like she whips him out in the garage. Like this is kind of creepy. But and she's like, well, maybe I'll change my mind again. He's like, Okay, you should kiss me. Right, and then they show out. I mean, it's a fucking lawnmower with like the, <laughs> that's been propped up with the deck, and its blades are like what? Who leaves their lawnmower propped up like that? Well, no, because it's the leprechaun doing that. Yeah. But why? Why is the leprechaun killing this kid? He doesn't have gold or anything, so why is he like? Yeah, gonna just let the kid you know go? But like, no, it's more fun to make him think he's gonna you know. Suck on a tit, and then he gets his face, you know, turned into ground beef. <laughs> Which we don't see. A lot My, of that happens off screen. I know, but it's just like, it's still like, just, it's pointless. It's stupid. It's Yeah, I mean, a lot of the logic of the film is just not there. Like, if Leprechaun can do all these magic things, then why doesn't he just do that immediately? Like, there, it should be super easy to, to, like, find this girl and turn her into his wife and have no one bother him. You just get rid of Cody really fast. There's no reason to have this go on and on for so long, like this escapade. <laughs> it's there. It doesn't have to, and the logic of like what Leprechaun can do at what time doesn't really make sense. I don't really define. Yeah, what, what power? I mean, yeah, they don't. You, you don't know really know. I mean, he can do illusions. He can do like magic, and he can disappear and apparate wherever he Change wants to. Change his voice and. Yeah, there's no logic to it, but I think you have to overlook that if you're going to watch Leprechaun Two, or the whole series. Yeah, very much the whole series. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like that whole 
sequence is like uh, total negative. Like, I'm just saying, it make it like just it's like it's there for the sake of like we'll have gore. We didn't have enough budget for the gore, but we'll have like you know you right. Know. We'll have the semblance of it. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think in the first film, like, in that sense, where he's kind of more, like, gruesome and, like, personal about, like, how, like, he's, like, rips a guy's eye out and stuff. That's a little bit, you know. Yeah. I think that's better than this. Yeah, like, I mean, this film like has this, a lot of goofiness like, to it. Like, this, like, overly complex, like, Freddy, like, type of thing. Yeah. Um, it has a lot of goofiness to it, and it, it, I think that they were kind of going for that sort of... Nightmare on Elm Street style, not from like the first film, but from the latter films where the later films where um, Freddy becomes more mm. and more comical in the ways that he like dispatches mm. his victims. I think that's probably what Leprechaun 2 was using as its approach. It doesn't always work. I, I don't, I think that the creativity is, is fun to watch, but yeah, you're right. Some of the gags were actually done better in the original Leprechaun. And, I mean, I think that's true of, like, all of the production for Leprechaun. Leprechaun 1 looks like it definitely had more of a budget, more time spent on crafting that film. Even though it wasn't that good, it still seems like it's a little bit more of a, Actually, a lower cinematic budget. achievement, did it? Because this film only, really does... Only, the budget for the first film was only a million dollars. This one has a two million dollar budget. So, I mean, like, this one, though, doesn't really feel like they spent a lot of it on the actual scenery and makeup effects i mean leprechaun's makeup effects are really good i think they really match with the original film mm. uh but other than that i don't think the makeup effects are really that good the special effects don't stand out there's none that really make a make a note of like what they can do what these special effects people can do like the one that is uh when morty Wishes for the pot of gold. And Which actually, I will say that is a like, clever way to like kill him. because It is, yeah. Because, you know. He's he, constantly greedy. Well, he's not necessarily he's greedy, but it's, um, the fact that the leprechaun, um, can, you know, can, is going to pervert the wish. Yeah. Obviously. You know, he say, I want all your gold. All right, he'll give you your gold, but he's going to put it in your fucking stomach. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a creative creative idea but it's executed terribly because yeah. the effect for honestly the effect looks more like he has one gigantic testicle that's like <laughs> he looks like randy marsh <laughs> in the episode of south park where he puts his balls in a microwave so he gets <laughs> testicular cancer so he can smoke dope so he put like so while he's going down to the fucking medical marijuana store he's carrying his balls right and swollen yeah. To, you know, to huge in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> That's what it looks like because he's like sitting, propped up, and it looks like he's got a really distended <laughs> testicle that's like just sitting there. Somebody kicked him so hard and just, you know. Yeah, that's that's what it looks like. It does. It doesn't really look like a gigantic enlarged stomach, but yeah, I mean the 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 actual uh, effort put into that it's not really that much, but. And like I said, there there are quite a few like mistakes in this. I did notice one where the boom mic comes down very visibly in frame. Uh, that was one. That's a big one. But I mean, yeah, that there are definitely some mistakes. In it this always film. amazes me when stuff like that happens. Like, how does that? Yeah, how would that slip through where someone is like? Nobody said like we don't, like we don't have enough film to reshoot. Like do one more take. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a stop. Or, or like. 
I can imagine it would probably come down to back in the editing room, they were doing it. And for whatever reason, they didn't have Warwick Davis anymore, who probably was requesting a pretty high salary at this point um, to come back <coughs> for the second Leprechaun film. So that may be where some of that uh, budget went. But they probably didn't have Warwick Davis or something again. But even then, I don't even think Warwick Davis was in that scene. It was just a shot of Cody and a boom mic comes down. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who was who was just like, now nah, he ain't got time to <laughs> shoot that again. Unless they were under some sort of like con- time constraint. And they were like, no, this, just has, roll, to, this yeah. has to get out. Just just this run it. Is, this has to be ready for Oscar season. Yeah, <laughs> but it's clear there's a there's a boom mic in frame. But it, yeah, you're right, though. It, that those mistakes slip through. After so many people have like watched and reviewed this footage and edited it, and I don't know how that happens, I really don't. But yeah, it definitely does in Leprechaun too, and it just it, the whole thing is just somewhat sloppy. But it gives it its, it's it does. charm. Though. Yeah, it does. It has its own little charm, and like I said, it really does feel like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, which makes sense too because. Um, the director, uh, Rodman Flender, he did go on to do a couple t- Tales from the Crypt episodes uh, after this. I, I believe it was after this film released. Um, Party at Five. Yeah, and he did a lot of the, the TV quint- sh- <clears throat> The quintessential mid-90s you know, TV drama. Yep, he did do a lot of, um, of uh, TV episodes. He also did Idle Hands in 1999, which had um, Seth Green in it. I don't know if you remember that, with the hands that kind of operate on their own and uh most recently he did the scream uh, that he's directed a few episodes of the scream tv series um so he's had a lot of work within uh television and it kind of stands out in leprechaun 2 because it does have that sort of made for TV. 90s made for tv feel i think I think that's probably you right. It, could, it literally could just be an hour twenty minute long version of an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Yeah, yeah. Cut out a couple things and there you go. You got an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode? I don't know. Um, Wait, he directed the Conan movie? Can't stop. Yep. Yes, wow. he did the documentary. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. What you find about these directors, huh? Yeah. I don't know, you got anything more to say about uh, Leprechaun 2 before we give it a rating? Yeah. What do you got? We haven't talked about the cast. We did a little bit. We yeah, did we Michael McDonald. Well, we did no, we didn't, Tony Cox. Oh, well, no, because we didn't talk about good old Morty. Oh, yeah, Morty. Um, Played by Sandy Barron. Um, good Lord. He is probably the best part of it. Besides Michael McDonald's bit. He is by far the best part. He's very over the top. Because he's great. He's literally, as I said, he looks and sounds like he was directed. Why do you play George Carlin? Well, not quite George. Make him a little drunker than, you know, make, be a very drunk George Carlin. That's true. He he does really resemble George Carlin a lot. And, and, and the way he talks and he speaks, and just like the way he speaks and enunciates on things. It's like it is watch like almost like watching like a George Carlin bit, and he's great. I, I absolutely love like just how he's just like stumbling like like in the bathroom like when he's drunk stumbling around. Cody's trying to like sober him up. He's like, yeah, no, I'm good. I, I can drive. He just slams into the wall and he's like, yeah, he's good at that physical comedy. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, his delivery and everything is really, really cool too. I think he's, I think he's good. He was also, you know, we mentioned he was in Seinfeld, um, as a kind of a, a, he did some cameo appearances in, in specific episodes. I do remember him in it. He's he's a funny guy. So yeah, it's nice to see him in this. He, um, even in this film, he looks pretty old and kind of sickly. Yeah, he does. He looks, uh. But he didn't. He actually pretty, didn't. Pretty weathered. He actually didn't end up passing away until 2001. So, um, he had about eight more years or seven more years of film before mm-hmm. he did that. Before he died. Um, trying to think. Warwick Davis is pretty good as the Leprechaun. Although I do think that the script, um, is really pushing the puns and. The the whole limerick bit is getting where he just rhymes constantly. Yeah, yeah. is getting a little annoying. It's the, it's <laughs> kind of like um with like Banjo Kazooie and Gruntilda the Witch. It's oh like, yeah, like I know, her, yeah. Her rhyming scheme. It's like you'll either like it or you're gonna find it like you know right. annoying. And though I find that to be kind of charming and dear, like this, and I'm not blaming him. Because I don't, th- yeah. I don't think it's the performance overall. But I think just like that again, that direction of like, okay, you're going to be doing like these like little limerick puns every now. It's yeah. like, well, I just don't think that the puns work that well because they're super forced and just not funny. Like, even though might as well like have like a laugh track after. Right? Yeah, I'm exactly. Like, I mean, I th- I think that I, that's intentional a little bit. Like, you're not supposed to find Leprechaun super funny to the point where like he's a comedian. You're, I think he, you're more supposed to see him as like. P- uh, spouting off all these really bad one-liners and like he thinks he's funny but no one else does i think that's kind of like how his character's supposed to work but it just doesn't well, it ruins the ch- it doesn't yeah. it ruins like the charm though like, yeah it just doesn't like you're supposed to be kind of rooting for like in like chucky when he's like batter up like, right, like exactly. oh, that's you know yeah, at least like some of those or or some of freddie's writing was actually funny and creative but leprechaun never really gets to that point it just kind of i don't know they all fall flat they're not none of them are very creative or witty there's i can't really think of one off the top of my head right now from this movie that uh no not not really he says that's uh yeah nothing that stands out no um i'd also like to mention to the soundtrack it's golden 90s gold this is besides like the, we were talking about the one scene where Cody's moping and looking at pictures from they were probably taken the day before <laughs> when they were happy and they got like the most early nineties like alt rock song play. You had like the one little part for no reason just going like sounds like Fresh Prince of Bel Air's opening. Yeah, I know that's because when we were watching it, he's just like walking down the uh, Cody's just walking down the street and you see like. And I was telling him, like, no, this is a story all about how I went to L.A. Yeah. It's great. It was, like, awesome. Like, somebody said, like, we got to throw that in there somewhere. Yeah. Throw that in there. Well, not only that, but there's also that U2 performance. That, like, you, like, you, like, somebody said, like, okay, we need, like, a moment where, like, Cody's walking down the street, and, like, you got to be playing, like, a riff that the edge would be playing. Yeah, it's absolutely reminiscent of, like, 90s U2. And... It, it, this one actually does come out of nowhere 
It really that has be- that's no, the best yeah, one because it has just- no bearing on the film or what is happening whatsoever. It's a it's I I get the feeling it's kind of supposed to pump you up like Cody's walking into the lair and this U2 style like uplifting song is playing in the background. But then it kind of fades out into like the the tense orchestral score that Leprechaun generally has and it almost feels like Two sound guys are battling it out. Like, no, I fucking want you two in this one. And some guys like, it should be tense. It should be a tense moment. And like, they're in the studio, and then they just compromised, and both were like, "Well, I'll feed mine into yours, I guess." That's what it feels like. I don't know. It's, it's no, I I absolutely love it. It's like so great. It's literally like Death Wish uh, two, where it's just like all over the place. Yeah, not like, as much as that one. I mean, no, no, not, no, not death- nowhere near as like yeah. all over the place. But like. That you're right, no, because like, it is like he's going into the land, like you can like hear like Bono in the background, yeah. so, like Sunday, bloody Sunday. <laughs> I know, and then like all of a sudden, just like fades from that to like you know like do 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 do, chiff chiff chiff, yeah, do 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 do, pop pop pop, yeah, it's, like, it's, like it's, typical, like very typical bland, tense horror music, music. Yeah. music, yeah, but. I mean, like, the soundtrack overall is not memorable, but, like, there's just those, like, few little, mo- like, little quirky moments are just like, oh, it's yeah. so great. Yeah. Because it's just... It, the film might as well have ended up and wrapped up with, like, f- the Friends theme, like, playing. Like, yeah. After, like, they defeat the Leprechaun. Yeah, because it ends really it, abruptly It anyway. explodes in a hilarious manner. Yeah. Pinata of... Lep- leprechaun pinata exploding. And... They're like, uh, Cody and Bridget are walking out, and he's like, oh, you're gonna keep the coin? Like, no, it's brought me enough trouble. He, he throws th- it. Throws it, it. Hits the ground. Yeah. I'll be there the, yeah. for you. Yeah, it literally could end, like, with a... And then, like, you know, like, have, like, a traditional, like, 90s, like, Cody went on, you know. Yeah, like, the writing on the end there. They're they're making out and then, Cody went on to have a great lifestyle. Started his own tour gig. <laughs> it was, he was not conning people. It was a real success. Yeah. All right. So out of ten bloody Blarney stones, what would you give Leprechaun to? Um, you know, I think I gave Leprechaun one like a four or three and a half. Well, I can't remember, but I know I gave. Something I like... would give this like a five. Five only a five. Wow. It, I mean, it although it's funny. Yeah. And it's got some like charming bits. Um, and I do think it is paced much better, even still at like an hour and twenty. Yeah, this film does seem like it's a little bit longer. It's um kind of slow in some parts. It is, yeah, I agree. And I think just the fact that it's so ridiculous and campy and goofy, but it's not really like a good campy and goofy. I, I think that's what like hurts. I think you know, like I said, like some of the best things to take away from this are. Uncle Morty, Michael McDonald, and then just like some like the like the aesthetic of the nineties. True. Yeah. I mean, because if you didn't like grow like if you were not from like that you know time period, like we are, then you, you know you're not gonna like look at that aesthetic and have like you know some kind of like nostalgia. Yeah, some fond memories yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I'd probably give it like a six. I guess. I mean, I did have fun with it. I think it's a lot better than the original Leprechaun. Um, I think part of that nostalgia comes from the Are You Afraid of the Dark feel of it. Um, and yeah, the 90s p- uh, parts of it too. Like the all of the costume design and um, soundtrack and everything like that stands out. Yeah, I, I do think this has a lot of, of, a lot of flaws. Um, 
and but I do appreciate like the creativity of some of the kills and um a little bit of the comedy that comes out of it. Uh but like you said, some like Leprechaun's jokes don't work. Um and it does run a little bit long too. Um I found myself thinking, how much longer does this have now? Yeah, it's only an hour and 25 minutes, but it does run a little long. Um, and it has a re- very strangely anticlimactic final scene of just, like, walking out of the cave and then done. Well, that's the same thing the last the last one, too. The kid, like, kill, like beats the leprechaun, and then he just, like, kind of, like, walks away, and it's like... Done. Thumbs up. Yeah. You know. It's done. Then it's Mission like, accomplished. You don't need to know anything else that happens after this. Done. Yeah, it's it, but but other than that, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, it's it's kind of fun, and probably I don't remember Leprechaun three that much, but I think it's probably gonna be my favorite out of the trilogy of the first three Leprechaun films. I think it's pretty, um, pretty probably the best out of those three. Uh, but we'll find out next year. So, um, anything else you got? Or we'll move on to administrative duties. That's it. Administrative duties time. All right. This is a short and sweet episode this time. There's not a lot, not a whole lot to say about Leprechaun Two besides what we what we talked about. So well, I mean, you can't get so you can't you can't get blood from a stone to <laughs> continue to harp on the uh, St. Patty's Day Larney Stone stuff. So. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can check us out on iTunes. That is where our episodes. Yeah. Uh, live I'm just and we the, hope that you subscribe uh, and leave us a nice the review on there um, to put on and the help episode. us out give us uh, yes. some feedback on what you'd like to see yes. in the, the podcast uh, also I, I we're on Stitcher SoundCloud and pretty much pictures. any other podcasting app that you use just to listen to we're on that so please if you can some. give us a rating and subscribe we appreciate any help that we can get out there uh, we're also up on Facebook, facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. You can like us on there and uh, follow all of our postings so on the there. Start? Uh, we have a Should Twitter account. It's day? at blood no, it's and black smart. rum. And I do post all of our episodes up there. And I do help and retweet a lot of other podcasters because we all got to stick together. So give us a follow on there and uh, let us know if you want to do something um, like a mutual share or something like that. We'll certainly throw that in here. And we also have a Patreon account. That is where you can subscribe to us and um, pledge a few bucks our way to help with the maintenance costs of the podcast. We really appreciate anything that you can give back to us. Uh, Right now, um, we do have a couple of subscribers, and uh, it does help with some of the uh, costs of the production. Um, But we do also offer quite a few different options for monthly payments so you can pledge a dollar get your name on the podcast you can pledge uh five bucks and we will let you pick five films of your choice for us to review on the podcast if you pledge 10 we'll do a script reading a full script reading on the podcast and we're also looking into doing bonus episodes uh on the patreon account just for people who subscribe so um that's something that will be coming if we get enough subscribers. Obviously, we wouldn't make that a, a normal thing if we didn't have enough subscribers to support it. Uh, but we're looking into that when we get more subscribers. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we will be back next week with The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, which was scheduled for last week, and we just didn't get to it. So uh, stick with us. Thanks for listening. 
and we'll see you next time.